This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question is about exorcisms and comes from Shane. Hey, Dr. E, I love the straightforward approach you bring to most of the questions asked, so I have one for you. Why do exorcisms seem to be predominantly in the domain of the Catholic Church? Do Protestants in general not believe possession can happen anymore? And if we do, are the Catholic methods the best practices. This may be too big of a question for Ask Dr. E, but it's been on my mind and heart a lot lately. Hey, Shane, no question is too big for Ask Dr. E. We'll just say we don't know. We'll try to answer it. We'll just say we don't know. All right, Dr. E. It's a great question. And as most of our friends know, I was raised very Catholic. And so I was around this to some point. But you're correct in the high level here. Catholics are still the ones sort of pioneering how to do exorcisms, actually masses and protocols and procedures. And if you want to jump on your search engine and look at some of the the bonafide Catholic websites, you can go pretty deep in all this. In general terms, Catholics do practice this. I was looking at a lineup of a conference coming up soon in Nashville, and uh, there's some good speakers on it, and they've got a Catholic priest talking about exorcisms. So, you know, it's alive and well. Protestants typically do not follow these kinds of procedures. And let's talk about why to some extent. I took a class on angelology when I was in seminary. And one of the texts was C. Fred Dickinson, and we'll have the link in the show notes. And it was called Angels Elect and Evil. It's a great text. Now we're talking about demon possession, but I'm mentioning this book because to understand in the scripture what angels do and don't do is a good starting mm-hmm. point. Yes, they did possess people and harass people in both Old and New Testaments. We know that. But the difference is Jesus Christ is the one who has authority over demons. And all we have to do is point to either Mark 5 or Matthew 8 with the so-called Gerasene demoniac. And Hannah, you've been to Gerasenes. We stopped there in Israel on the side of the road on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And there's maybe three to 500 yards of where these pigs would have come down off that hillside. And we talk about that story. Only Christ could do that. Mm -hmm. The idea that a Catholic priest could go through some ritual to do it raises all sorts of species questions because in the New Testament, Christ is the only one, even when his disciples are ineffective and they were given authority to do this for a season even when they were ineffective, he comes down and chastises them. Oh, unbelieving generation, mm-hmm. how long must I be with you? And then later he tells his disciples, these can only come out by prayer and fasting. And that's a cryptic passage where, again, some of the Catholic theology will evolve from. So time out. Do you think, so it's in Luke 9, I pulled it up, where Jesus gives his 12, it says, the power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Yes. Now, we have accounts where the disciples couldn't cast the possession of the yeah. boy who was thrashing and the demon would throw him into fires and to waters and whatever. They couldn't, and that's the one you're talking about. Correct. Do you think the disciples ever cast out demons? Or what are you saying? Well, yeah, because they report back. Christ says, What is he? I don't have the text in front of me. I saw Satan fall mm, like lightning. Yes. I may yes, have that wrong. Yes. But he says, Don't rejoice in this. I would also argue, ostensibly, that was a temporary commission. Now, in Acts, we see Paul 
dealing with demons. Yeah. But after that, it kind of falls off. And so one of the things about, this is the sidebar, signs and wonders gifts were to authenticate the message of the gospel. And he gave it to certain individuals for a period of time. And it falls off in the New Testament, and it's quiet. Hmm. And by the end of the book of Acts, we really don't hear about this much because the church has been established, apostolic authority is in place, and now we have apostles making disciples like Timothy, like Titus. Mm -hmm. And so they're carrying on the work that they were to do from Acts 1.8. These miracles and signs and wonders were kind of a, a way to get things started, we might say, an authentication Christ gave them. But that wasn't the mission. Mm -hmm. The mission was to make disciples of all mm -hmm. ethnos. The mission was to present the gospel to people. Jesus didn't stand in line forever and heal everybody. Right. He didn't come just to be a healer. Yep. All the miracles Christ performed were a spiritual referent. Mm -hmm. So if you're blind physically, you're spiritually right. blind. If you're deaf physically, you're spiritually deaf. And that was his point. And so demons, demonology, demon possession was certainly there. Let me make another point here. In that text in, in Matthew 8 and Mark 5, when Christ exercises those demons and the garrison demonic is a completely different person. Yeah. The point is not the exorcism. The point is the believer. Mm. And he sent him back to be a disciple maker to his own people. He wanted to follow Jesus, remember? He goes, no, you go back to your yeah. own people and tell them what wonders God has done yeah. for you. I don't believe that a believer in Jesus Christ who is indwelt by the person of the Holy Spirit can be possessed. The Holy Spirit is not going to allow a demon yeah. to, we might say, co-inhabit yeah. a believer, because once you trust Christ in Christ alone, you are immediately indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You're born again, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. The challenge then is not fighting off demons. The challenge is, will I submit to God's word and God's spirit? Will I allow myself, Ephesians 5.18, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. meaning submit to his word, submit to the authority of scripture, to obey him when my flesh and my sin nature want to go the other direction. That's the spirit-controlled life. Mm -hmm. So we're walking closer to Christ, not fighting off demons, as we talked about in an earlier question. So if Christ is the only one who can expel demons, if a person was demon-possessed today, I would need to call a Catholic priest. If a person was demon-possessed today, I would pray to Christ mm -hmm. and say, Christ, you're the only one that can do this. I don't need rituals and robes mm -hmm. and, and kissing sepulchers and putting them on or, them and holy yeah, water yeah. and saying things over and over repetitiously like they do in film and you know, get rid of the demon. That's man's work in the flesh in a religious wrapping to do something. Mm -hmm. And here's the danger. I think that in and of itself is demonic. Mm -hmm. That the whole trapping of one, two, three process to There's get rid a of a demon is itself affected by a demonic influence. Yeah. And so th this whole idea of demonology is very dangerous. Back to that class I took in seminary, the professor opened the first lecture, I'll never forget it, Back in the day of transparencies and overheads, we didn't have projectors. They had these projectors. And he laid this transparency on it, and it was uh, Dante, and it was Satan brooding over his minions. Mm -hmm. And it was a red acetate. And he left it there for the whole class. And he said, gentlemen, whenever you talk of Satan, be aware he's smarter than you. Yeah. 
And even when you talk of him in the right way, he can use it mm. in the wrong mm. way. And it really kind of set a chill through us. It was like, wow, that's a good perspective. Mm. You and I can't fight him. So back to demon possession and Catholics versus Protestants. Protestants would say you can be harassed, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you hear different language like they're not possessed, but they're demonized. Like oppressed. I have a professor that liked that term. I don't need to parse that. I'm going to go back to if you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God and you're living a lifestyle of sin, you can blame it on Satan. You can blame it on demons, but you're choosing to sin. Mm-hmm. You and I choose mm-hmm. to sin. Can Satan lure and tempt us? 100%. Mm-hmm. But James 4, 7 is very clear. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, flee wow. from you, period. All right. If you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in your show notes. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain. 